This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Control, episode 31, The Enabler. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. A very special welcome to all my new listeners, and of course, a welcome back to those of you who are joining us again. I really appreciate it, and I am certainly enjoying recording every week. This week, I have some knitting, of course, some spinning, a little sewing, some crazy bats, and a little story about the first person I enabled. This week in updates, the only thing I have for you is I would like to announce that for me, the holiday season has begun. Thanksgiving has now been laid to bed until next year. So bring on the Christmas music and the lights and the tinsel and the candy canes and the wrapping paper and all of the good wonderfulness that comes along with the Christmas season. I would also like to say a special thanks to Librarian Kate. I want you to know that I have adopted your father's principle of the beginning of the Christmas season. She posted on Twitter last week that her daddy taught her that Christmas does not start until Santa reaches the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So I've decided from here on out that is when I will allow Christmas season to officially begin. I want my family to have a concrete beginning so they can start their Christmas joy as early as possible. So this year, my daughter and I, my oldest and I, actually sat around in our PJs and watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade on TV. And as soon as Santa hit the end, I allowed my husband to turn on the Christmas music. So that means from that moment on, every time there's a radio near him, he will have Christmas music playing. We actually have two radio stations that broadcast in our area that play Christmas music, I believe, until January 1st. They start mid-November and play every single song through the entire season, Christmas music. And at our house, we have this antique radio system that is wired through the entire home. So the main receiver is in the kitchen, mounted in the wall, and there are speakers in all the bedrooms, one bathroom, and downstairs in the basement. So now, anytime my husband is struck by the spirit... He'll turn it on, and we'll all get to listen to it throughout the entire house. So thanks, Librarian Kate, for that little tradition that we've now adopted into our family. And that's all I've gotten updates for this week, so I guess it's time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I have a little story for you about the first person that I enabled. And surprisingly enough, it's my mother. Well, I don't know if any of you have been enabled by my little rants and raves about the crafting that I do here in my little corner, but the first concrete evidence that I have of enabling is my mom. I called her on Thanksgiving Day, and we spent probably an hour and a half on the phone just talking about a little bit of everything. We are planning a trip home to her house for Christmas, and, well, because it's been a while since we've been there for Christmas, And after this year, it'll be a while before we get the chance to go back. So she's making these huge plans for all the stuff that we're going to do. 
To start, she's been going through her attic and her craft room to see what kind of stuff she's got around the house. And it's amazing. My mom has been crafting as long as she's been alive. And I am amazed at the stuff she's telling me about that she still has. She has done it all, I think. I mean, like everything from being an avid sewer to taking on like Trichem and Artex, if you can remember back that far, back in like, I think the 70s and 80s. My mom's done pretty much all of it, except spinning. But hearing me talk about spinning has revitalized her interest. In the past, she had wanted to spin, to learn how to spin, but wasn't ever able to afford a spinning wheel. And through all the chatter, she realized that a spinning wheel is not the only way to spin. So she has actually went online, hunted down a learn-to-spin kit that comes with a spindle. So she is super-duper excited that is on its way to her so she can teach herself how to spin. And I'm pretty excited about that, too, because I know that we'll be able to spin when I'm home for the holidays, and we can share in that, and it'll probably be a good time to teach my girls to spin as well, because they have definitely been looking forward to doing that, and we really just haven't had the time to sit down and do spinning lessons. So I think that definitely will be on our list of things to do when we are home for Christmas. In addition, my mom plans on picking up the knitting needles again. I cannot believe that. She always crocheted. She's always known how to do that. She learned how to knit, but she always dropped stitches and did not know how to pick them up. So she kind of gave up on that. So when I come home, we are going to do that. We're going to reteach my mom how to knit, and I'll be right there to tackle any issues that she has with it while we're there. She actually has someplace in a notebook a sweater that she designed for herself, but she didn't have the knitting know-how to actually take it on. So we're definitely, definitely going to take that on so we can get her wielding those two pointy sticks and accomplishing that goal that she set for herself so long ago. And it's just awesome. I can't believe my mom is super duper fibery enthused right now. She's always been fascinated when she went to her different varying craft shows in her region. There's a couple of sizable alpaca co-ops in my mom's area. And she absolutely loved the fiber, loved the yarn. She actually bought herself a pair of hand-knit alpaca socks and loves to wear them in the chill of her house. And she absolutely loves them. To the point that she actually asked me to knit her a pair. But that's not going to happen. You know my policy. I'm not knitting alpaca socks for her. (laughs) But we'll definitely get her on the right track so she can knit herself some. That is for sure. So we have a couple of fibery field trips planned when we go out to Pennsylvania for our little Christmas vacation. And that is so exciting to me. My poor husband is going to be bored out of his skull, but my mother and I have some serious, serious stuff planned for fibery fun and goodness. And it makes me happy to know that in all of the craftingness that my mother has introduced me to, I finally had the chance to enable her into my crafty world. And that makes me super excited. And if I've motivated anybody out there to try anything new, I would absolutely 100% love to hear about that. I know I've seen a lot of your beautiful work on Ravelry. I periodically stalk all of your project pages, and it's super motivating. And I know that you guys have enabled me. I'm almost to the point where I want to try to knit a shawl. But yeah, there's no guarantee that that's ever going to happen. But I have seen some beautiful work, and it is certainly motivating for me to try a lot of new stuff. So that's my little tale about enabling. And I hope that you have had the chance 
to share that same joy. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. And surprisingly enough, the past week has been super crafty for me. I can't believe that I've gotten as much done as I have, especially with all of, you know, the Thanksgiving prep and spin-up that was happening here in my household. We hosted like 30, not 30, we hosted like 20 people at our house for dinner and a lot went into getting the house and the food and all of that stuff ready to have that many people here at our place. It's a sizable home, but seating is limited, so we definitely had to do some rearranging and a lot of prep to get that many people into this place. So it is super shocking that I really did get as much done as I needed to. When I left you last week, the sister-in-law's garter was done with the knitting. Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, I sat down, inserted the elastic and the ribbon ties that go along with that and had it ready for her when she showed up at Thanksgiving night. Surprisingly, she did really, really well and didn't really piss too many people off that night, but there might have been one like minor little slip that made like six of us angry. But other than that, she did really well. She graciously accepted the garter and was super excited. She wore it around the house over her jeans for like two hours. So that made me feel pretty good that even if she didn't like it, she totally pretended to, and that made me happy. And now I don't owe her anything for the wedding. I promised her that I would get that done for her. I did, and she accepted it with enthusiasm, and that makes me happy. So that is done. In addition to finishing up the garter, I am still working on Gilt Mittens Round 2. I got about halfway done with my daughter's first mitten, and I've been a little distracted. Those hats that I talked about last week really made me super excited, and so I haven't really done a whole lot of knitting on the mitten. I think that's going to have to be like my TV knitting, because if she doesn't see me working on it, she's going to want to know if I'm ever going to get it finished. But they're coming along, and they're actually super duper quick knit, and she completely changed her mind. She doesn't actually want a flip-top mitten like her sister now. She just wants a pair of fingerless gloves. So that's cool. It'll definitely go a lot faster than the mitten flap and all that stuff did on her sisters. It's like two-thirds the amount of knitting that went into the other pair of mittens. So that's pretty cool. I shouldn't have a problem getting those done this week. The hats. I actually cast on two hats. I cast on one of the fornicating deer hats and I cast on one helmet liner. And I figured I could knock out a couple of those helmet liners for the guys that live in my neighborhood and as always, of course, with Christmas Conquest 2010, if they don't get them, they won't know any different. But if I finish one to give away, I definitely have to do at least two for our close neighbors so that I don't get in any trouble there. The first hat I started, I think, is going to be for my husband. It is red and gray heathered yarn. I believe it is Patton's Classic Wool. And I actually like that stuff a lot. It makes me pretty happy. And the color is really pretty. I like their reddish burgundy and the gray together. It looks really nice. And I actually like doing this whole stranded knitting or whatever one I call it, especially on a hat size project. It It's like potato chip knitting. If I was sitting here next to Gigi from the Knit More Girls, it gets me doing that whole, oh, just one more row, just one more row, just one more row. I know what the pattern's supposed to look like, but as I knit it, seeing the progress of that pattern unfolding in my hands makes me really excited. 
you know how I feel about visible progress. So that is cool. I'm really enjoying that. The one place I'm really lacking in my knitting is working on those couple of projects I have on the needles for myself. That whole, let's see if I can knit a sweater in November. Yeah, that didn't happen. I had too much obligatory knitting going and gift knitting that there was no way that I'd get very far on the sweater. I knit about halfway down the yoke and now it's sitting there in a bag on the shelf. It's going to make for really good knit night knitting or travel knitting, so I'm not too worried about that. And I also have a couple pair of socks on the needle still, and I don't really think I'm going to get the chance to work much on those until we like leave the house to go to my mom's for Christmas. But it's a 14-hour drive, so I'll definitely have plenty of time to work on that in the total of 28 hours of driving time that we will have. I should get quite a bit knocked out, and at least I already have something planned to work on while we are out there, which is cool. Totally digging that. And that's really all I've got going on in my knitting. Lots of gift knitting, lots of Christmas Conquest 2010, and that should be a pretty decent theme between now and when the holiday actually rolls around. And now on to spinning. This was also a pretty productive spinning week. Spinning seems to be the one thing that I make time for when I'm working on stuff personally for me. So that is pretty cool. I went to spin group again last Sunday. They meet once a month at Notorious Knit Shop out there in St. Louis. And that was a lot of fun. I met some new people. And two of the ladies brought their drum carters. And the Crazy Bats were a huge success. I've never had the chance to mess around with a carter before, and that was awesome. We had so much fiber to choose from. Folks just brought like a little bit of everything so that you could add that stuff to your bat to see what happened. Mine has just some very crimpy wool in it, a little bit of silk, some Coopworth curls in there in a really, really beautiful purple color. The final product is definitely going to be something art yarny, and I hope to have that done by the time spin group rolls around again at the end of December. So that is pretty cool and I'm super duper excited about that. I also managed to whip through that Sheepshed Studios specialty dyed that I picked out to take to spin group with me. It's in those beautiful autumn colors. There's greens and blues and golds and reds and oranges. It's super lovely. I've got it all. I've got all the single spun. I separated out, I think, almost four ounces and spun three singles that were about an ounce and a quarter each. And I will be ready to ply those together probably this afternoon if everything goes smoothly. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the final product for that turns out to be. It's really pretty. And I am excited to see the final product on that. So I'll have to keep you posted and make sure I get pictures up in the Ravelry board so everybody can see it. I managed to move past the chore sewing this past week in my crafting. The Friday after Thanksgiving, me and my girls pulled out the sewing machine out into onto the dining room table and we started some gift sewing. My husband was out at his brother's place helping him hang some drywall in what will soon be their master bedroom. So the girls and I pulled everything out to start making a rice bag for him. If you're not familiar, a rice bag is a fabric bag filled with raw uncooked rice and you microwave it for like a minute or a minute and a half and it heats it up and it makes a nice little heating pad and my husband's feet get really really cold so I decided that would be a fantastic gift for him for Christmas 
so he can pop it in the microwave right before bed and take it with him and get that little foot spot of his all warmed up and ready for bedtime. And since it was me and the girls working on it, and I had the fabric to support it, I decided why not make a rice bag for each of the grandparents. So in total, we got the fabric cut and mostly sewn, well, all the way sewn for the liners. What we're doing is we're doing a rice-filled bag, then a pretty liner that's removable and washable. And those are two different shades of patchwork plaid fabrics that I got on sale at in the remnants bin. You know how that goes. So we have three in, sh in shades of pink for the grandmothers, and we have three in shades of blue for the grandfathers. And I figured, since the girls and I were working on it together, and they were going to be pretty much identical, it wouldn't be that much more work to mass produce them as opposed to just making one. And that gave the girls the opportunity to try like every little aspect of making the project from cutting the fabric to sewing the seams and pressing them out and getting all that stuff taken care of. And that's really all I've got going on in my sewing. And we should get those finished up in this next week. We've got to get enough rice to fill the bags, finish the seams, sew on some buttons and do some buttonholes, and then those will be ready to go. Shouldn't take very much time at all to get those finished. And it was a lot of fun to do that craft with my two little sweethearts. And that is all I've got going on in spinning my wheels. This week, I'm going to put my spin on some box store sock yarn. Now, if you have ever taken a look at my stash, you know that I have a substantial variety of sock yarn in there. And one of the looming skeins of sock yarn that I had happened to be some Patton's Croix sock jacquards. You might know that I'm not knitting any new socks. However, this sock yarn is the yarn that my oldest daughter picked for her pair of gilt mittens. And as I'm knitting with it, it is clearly different in my mind than most of the other box store sock yarns that I have knit with. It seems to be more substantial, but we'll get to that in a little bit more detail later. It's a standard patent sock yarn. I purchased it at Hobby Lobby for, well, the retail price was $4.99 per ball, and the balls are 50 grams, and they have 166 yards per ball at 50 grams. Now, that's kind of a low number for a 50-gram ball, but that is because of the way this yarn's constructed. So it's a relatively inexpensive sock yarn. And my philosophy on sock yarn is that I typically don't use an expensive high quality sock yarn when it comes to knitting socks for my daughters. I love them, but their feet grow way too fast for me to put like $24 worth of yarn on their feet. That's ridiculous. Less than $10 for like two pairs of shorty socks is pretty awesome in my book. That doesn't mean that I'm not occasionally disappointed in those less expensive yarns, but one of the things that disappoints me most is the heft of the strand if you will. This sock yarn says that it is a number one weight, a super fine weight sock yarn, but that is also what the previous ball of yarn that I made itty bitty gilt mittens out of said its weight was. This sock yarn seems to have quite a bit more heft, it's a rounder ply, and it seems to just be a lot squishier than the yarn I used before. If you recall, the yarn that I used on the previous gilt mitten was a Knit Picks Essential Sock. 
and this is definitely a hardier superfine wool than that was. It's definitely a thicker strand and it is yielding quite a squishier, softer fabric as it's knit up. I like the sock yarn. I definitely give it a thumbs up. The only thing is, is that as you're knitting with it, it's not as soft as it will be once it's washed at least once. So that's my only complaint is that it's a little rougher on the hands when you're knitting with it, but not super bad. I've definitely knit with rougher yarn. It's just not as super soft and silky as a high quality, expensive sock yarn. But it's nice. The colors are crazy and they're very vibrant being one of the jacquard patterns that they have in this Croix sock. So if you get the chance and you are not opposed to box store sock yarn, I definitely recommend Patton's Croix sock jacquards. And now it's time to take a look at what has got me all spun up this week. And this week, it is definitely, hands down, without a doubt, leftovers. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, we hosted about 20 people at our house. My husband made candied yams, mashed potatoes, a ham, and a pie. By the time everyone arrived, we had a table full of pies, like 10 of them. Everything from a sugar-free cherry pie to the best pecan pie I've ever tasted. Now, these items, all the leftovers, are lingering in my refrigerator. For lunch, today, I had a delicious ham sandwich. Yesterday, it was a turkey sandwich. And it has just been one thing after another. There definitely is so much wonderful food in my refrigerator right now to choose from. It didn't matter that I didn't even get the chance to sample all of the side dishes on Thanksgiving night because there's a little bit left over in my fridge and I get to eat it probably for the rest of this week. I'm even excited about packing my lunch for work this week because I know it's going to be either a ham or turkey sandwiches and that sounds perfectly delightful and a wonderful way to start back to work after four straight days off. So that's definitely what's got me all spun up this week. I love leftovers. There is nothing like eating all this wonderfully, wonderfully prepared food scattered throughout the entire week following Thanksgiving. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to that part of the show again where it is time to spin off this episode. Thank you again for joining me on this little adventure. And I know that the next few weeks definitely stand to yield some serious crafting adventures with all of the holiday knitting and spinning and wonderful stuff that is right around the corner. And I hope you too are not undertaking any crafting adventures that will lead to anxiety as the holidays approach. Best of luck with all of your holiday crafting. Wish me luck too. I think I'm going to start a thread over on Ravelry so we can share all of our holiday crafting adventures I'm usually a pretty serious procrastinator, but I think the podcast has really given me a leg up this year. And I hope that you are not going to be waiting until like Christmas Eve to start that present. But whatever the case may be, I hope your holiday crafting goes very, very smoothly. And I will keep my fingers crossed for you and for me. And hope that the weeks to come are stress-free. This week's song is called Test Drive by Black Kettle. And as always, you can check the show notes and all the details of this episode at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at a joyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. 
catch me on Ravelry as a Joyful Girl, or follow me on Twitter as a Joyful Girl Maid. Thanks again, guys, and I will talk to you soon. Ejecting your thoughts, they're locked in a box, unfinished. Oh, oh, open the key to me, and I will let you in it. Oh, oh, you locked me out. I tried to break in, but locks on the heart are strong. I wish you well. Jazz and everyone. La, 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 la.